Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Monday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. What's going on, Wolf? Oh, not a whole lot, Luke. How's your bracket, I'll ask. I tell you. Rhetorically. I was still okay. I was actually still okay. Until Marquette lost yesterday. Until Marquette went down. I think that was it, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you know what? uh, I think everybody's bracket is taking a bit of a lump. No doubt about it. I only got nine nine teams into the Sweet 16. How about you? Uh, I'll have to look. (laughs) Or or I should say BPI. Only got nine nine teams into the Sweet 16. This year might not be all that bad, actually. I'll I'll look at the uh, bracket buck standings, of which you are still not ranked for some reason. I'll take a look at that. Um, how about this stat? Did you get the stat? I know you did because I was there while she told us. Lauren, who's uh, who's running things back there today. Um, six, also known as Pixie. 16 teams left, obviously, in the Sweet 16. That's typically how it works. 16 coaches. 15 of them have never won the national title. That's incredible right there. That's that a is cool good. Stat. That is a good set. So who's the one, well, as we all Tom is know. the one. He's probably, probably going to ruin the party for everybody. So. <laughs> oh, man. That felt good. That felt right. That was one of my big takeaways, of course, from the weekend. One of my big takeaways just watching the tournament so far was just Tom Izzo, man. Back into the Sweet 16 for the 15th time. Tom Izzo in Michigan State back into the Sweet 16 right now. And that that seemed, I don't know, really, really cool based on what happened, of course, on February, middle of February, the shooting on campus. And you just kind of wonder, Luke, here it is. There were seven seed, of course, in the tournament. Could this be something that might just, everyone rallies around in the Sweet 16? Anybody that has lost their team, basically, uh, in the tournament, your, your team is out. Is Michigan State the team that a lot of people start rooting for because of that tragic shooting in the middle of February? Well, I mean, Izzo... You and I talked about this last week. Usually, you, you want to lean into the great coaches this time of year, right? And Izzo is certainly on the very short list of greatest coaches of all time, and he's getting it done again. And I know there's been a couple years they've bowed out early, but um, oh yeah. But for the most part, they are about as safe of a pick as you could have to get through the first weekend most years. And it doesn't really seem to matter who's in their way, which is why the coaching thing matters so much, because the great coaches know how to get their team ready for that first game, where you you got to shake off the butter, butterflies, even if the program's been great, because the, the guys on your team haven't played there very long. But then, Wolf, it's the quick turnaround. You know, everybody's going crazy on Thursday. You got to deal with the butterflies. Well, if you win, you got to turn it around quickly for Saturday. Right. And that's where he's so good. Yes. I, I agree with that. Again, so much of this is about getting your players in their minds right. The context. A head coach, I don't care if you're talking about college basketball, uh, any college sport for that matter. It really doesn't matter. You've got to frame up the task at hand, you've got to frame up the context for your players and focus them. And get them motivated. You do. When you're talking about young guys, you're talking about young girls, 17, 18, 19 years old, whatever it may be, you got to frame the mind up 
so much of the time, and this is why I continue to say it, and I, 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 I will go into my grave saying it and believing it, ladies and gentlemen, but... This is why coaching matters so much at the college level because you can actually take a kid and you can make him so much better than he actually is just by motivating him, focusing him, getting him right mentally. I talked to quite a few U of A fans over the weekend who were A, happy that Purdue lost as, as a one seed to a 16, second time ever. <laughs> oh, man. Which I get that. I get that. If I were U of but A fan. But the smallest team in the tournament. I, I, I get it. I get it. But the, the part where I don't know that I would have been the same way, a lot of U of A fans that were like, hey, Princeton, keep winning. Because I tell you this, Wolf, when I was watching TCU last night, and I have a couple really good friends that went to TCU, I wasn't upset to see them go. No. <laughs> Honestly, after what they did to ASU on Friday night. Yes. For about five minutes there, I suddenly found myself rooting for Drew Timmy in his 17th year of college eligibility. <laughs> you know, it is amazing to think. He, he looks like he's 30, doesn't he? Well, he I is. Mean... <laughs> been there since 2010. <laughs> it's pretty incredible right there. Drew Timmy. What a what a game he played, though. Um, yeah, you know what? The, the, the takeaways from the tournament, first of all, it's just so wide open. It's is it not? It really is. It is wide open. And coming into this tournament, we had a lot of people talking about that very thing. I thought, Luke, if memory serves, there were a lot of analysts saying, this is really, this is going to be a wide open tournament. A lot of people believe that Alabama was really, really good, really good, and Houston as well, really, really good, those two teams. But, you know, they, 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 they were talking about this could... This could be a wide-open tournament, a lot of upsets, and so far I think that has been pretty pretty true. Do you think we should, and I'll take Command and Control's thoughts on this too, do you think we should um, do our own show bracket challenge with each other for the Sweet 16, the four of us, me, you, Lauren, Rick, behind the glass, just starting from here? You're just going to do BPI. We can fill yours out for you. Yeah. Because right. the, first, the first two rounds were so disjointed because your bracket still hasn't been entered in. And now I'm locked out of bracket bucks, so I can't even I see. see who I right. picked. And Lauren, I mean, you two already had this competition going on that you put, I, what was it, $2,000 up against her bracket? No, it was not $2,000. Oh, okay. By the way, how is your bracket doing? I didn't even ask. Pixie, how is your bracket? It's doing all right. My national champion is still in there, so okay. I consider that a win. How many Final Four teams do you have? <laughs> okay. I'll what, ask you, you, what do you have four? Do you have four? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you have well, four? You know, I wouldn't ask the question yeah. if I didn't have that's four. Right. Okay. So we, so yeah, okay, that's fine. We can See, just play this, this is out. the way that it goes, though, ladies and gentlemen. You're wearing a locker room setting here. We we all love each other, so we rip each other. But the problem is nobody can score your bracket. So if you lose those, that's why we need to do another do you one. you understand? Yes, I understand. What do you mean nobody can score it? It's Everyone not knows online. what the I'm bracket not, is I don't right know now. what the score it's straight using. BPI. I'm not going to sit here and, and score straight it by BPI hand. right now. All four teams alive, alive. I tell you. Who do you have so I know who to actively root against in the Sweet Sixteen? Um, okay, so ladies and gentlemen, gather around the transistor and press the ear right now. Um, my bracket. 
<laughs> Sounds like See, you're stalling. This is the great thing. Wait, once are you again, filling no, it out right it's now? It's the great. It's the best thing in the world. You, you can blame BPI when when it, they get it wrong, and you could just say, "I, I that wasn't me." Who can I blame for ASU <laughs> blowing a double digit lead in the second half? Is there one so, of those? Okay, look, Bama, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. All right, so let's go take these one at a time. Alabama. I really, truly thought just the basketball gods would not allow them to win the title. I see. And instead, every other good team lost, so they're probably going to win the title. Okay, so Bama, of course, coming out of the South okay. as the representative. I've given up I've on the got, South. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold on to that one. I'll, I'll say I've got Houston coming out of the Midwest. Okay, I have Houston, too. Okay, Houston coming out of the Midwest and UCLA coming out of the West. I also basically. have UCLA. But I, let me say this, Wolf, and I was telling Vince this during the break. Gonzaga and UConn specifically fit the mold for teams I usually take. They're like, okay, everybody's not like Gonzaga. Everybody was just kind of sick of, but they're red hot going into. And I didn't take them for some reason. And now I feel like a moron. Carry on. Okay. And coming out of the East Basin audience, Tennessee. Go Vols. All right. So we want the Vols to lose to Florida. Okay. Tennessee. So uh, wait a minute. All four. Of my final four teams are intact. Is that what I'm saying? Right? I just want to make sure. That's a number one, a number one, a number two. Wow, you really went on a limb here. And, and a number three. The, well, no, Tennessee's a four. Well, Ten- Tennessee's a good pick. Excuse me on that. Yes, right. I, I can't read about my glasses. Okay. So, <laughs> you were doing so good. You you were just domination was, until that moment. It was, but okay. Um, I How many do you have? Two. Okay. You have, what? Two. You have two. Yeah. In the final four. I went with Marquette, and Marquette just uh Okay, me. so I think we'd all agree, based on means two is not four. Two is not um, four. What about you, Pex? What 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 do you got in the She actually final has four? five. Yes. <laughs> just go ahead. Honestly, I don't know. I'd have okay, to consult great. my bracket That's, if we're being Rick, honest. Rick, what about you? How many teams do you have Rick in the final four, with Rick? Us. Rick's I, done with I, us. I'm gonna say one. Okay, so this oh, is boy. really bad. Oh, no. My, my champion is out. I had Marquette winning it all. I had Arizona in the Final Four. So I got two teams left in the Final Four. Okay, okay but Texas your champion is, yeah, you're and okay. I, I'm done. If they, I'm done. Okay. Champion. Thank you for playing, though, right? Yeah. Now. Okay, but Thank when you. all your teams get eliminated, Wolf, in, in the Sweet 16, I'm not going to know how to score your bracket. So are we in agreement just, we do a Sweet 16 bracket going forward? <laughs> Why, you losers? Why? Because you don't have your Final Four? Is that what you're saying? Because we can actually score it because we can enter it in before the Sweet 16 games. I got an Look, app right here. I'm going to do it. Today, and we all know this, based on only today with the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. there are two types of people in the world. Oh. Those that have their Final Four intact and those that do not. Those that made their own picks and those that just read a chart. We all know. We all know what that means. Here's a pair of shorts. Slide them on and pull them up really high, Okay. Tennessee, this is going to hurt. Alabama, Houston, and UCLA. <laughs> those are the teams I want to lose on Thursday and Friday. Those are the four. Okay. All right. We'll never forget when you're on top. Let everyone else know it, okay? Because it's not going to be long before you're on the bottom. If those are the final four teams, I can tell you right now, I'm not coming into work on next Monday. I'm just telling you that. Uh, all right. When we come back. The Suns. Oh, the Suns. <laughs> This is going to be a long show. Yeah, a rough one.
yesterday at Oklahoma City. Great performance by Devin Booker. Kind of looked like I was watching a game from 20, what, 18, 19. Booker goes off and they lose to a team they should beat. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show. Just doing the mental math here real quick, Wolf, to figure out if this music bed is long enough to just play out the whole segment and we don't have to acknowledge what happened to the Suns yesterday in Oklahoma City. But uh, no, we got to just face this one head on. Look, here's um, the reality is the Suns are still the number four seed. I think most of us still feel good about this team when they're at full strength. Yep. I think if we're being honest with ourselves, you can't just assume they're going to be at full strength because they've been at full strength for about eight games all year. Uh, it's not an exaggeration. Eight games all year. That is a good safety tip for you to lump into this. Yeah. So they are now 38 and 33. That leaves them 11 games um, based on the initial timeline for KD. That would mean five more games before he's officially reevaluated. But we'll get to KD in a little bit. But just specifically, the game yesterday, Wolf, and Oklahoma City is a frisky team, obviously, and SGA, everybody knows, is an outstanding player. Yes. But, man, it, it felt like a game that the Suns should have been able to put away yesterday, and instead, I mean, what were they? They were up by 12 at halftime? Actually, yes, and they had a 15-point lead in the first half, but, you know, once again, we've seen many 15-point leads dissipate over the years, especially in the association, but not only that, they had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. That's early the one. That's in the fourth the one. quarter. That is the one right there that you think, man, you let one get away. And, you know, they hit a patch, which is really disconcerting to me. There was a three minute and 24 second patch of really bad um, basketball on both ends of the floor where they did not score a point. Luke. No. Not a point in that three minute and 24 second stretch. And also allowed the Thunder to go on a 10-0 run at that point in time. And that tied up the game at 100. And then it was on from that point forward. And guess what? During that three minutes and 24 seconds, the most disconcerting thing about it was the fact Devin Booker was on the bench. Yeah, so, you know, to kind of just elaborate on what you're saying for anybody that didn't get to watch it, or you would just want to relive this pain for a second, Terrence Ross hits that shot at, what, 10.52? 10.52 left in the yep. game, and they go up by 10, 100-90, and then Oklahoma City goes on an 18-2 run, and that's pretty much it. And, uh, yeah, you're right, Booker was on the bench for a good chunk of that. And, you know, maybe maybe if... um. If we hadn't seen Devin Booker on bad teams in the past, yesterday wouldn't have been so jarring. But yesterday, watching him go out there and put up 46 points and shoot well. You know what I mean? It's not like he heaved up 50 shots to do it. He shot 18 of 28. He puts up 46 points and they lose to a fringe play-in team. That's It's one game. I get it. But they've lost four or five now, Wolf. And they don't look capable of winning anything consistently yeah. without Durant. Yeah, I know. You're right about that. They Now, they didn't have DeAndre Ayton they as did not. well. They did not have DA, and I think you have to factor that in as well. Do they win this game with DeAndre Ayton? It, it could be a situation where, yeah, they do pull this thing out with DA, so I don't want to overreact. Once again, this team, 
this team, it has been so incredibly hard to get a read on this team, and it's because they just don't have the ability, for whatever reason, to stay healthy. Is it bad luck? It could be bad luck. But this team right now has got to get healthy more than anything else. And you also have to ask this question right here, and we're going to get into this, I'm sure, at some point in time. But should the Suns reevaluate Katie's timetable based on what we're seeing right now? The, the, the inability to stay healthy. Um, it, you don't want to overreact and start looking at, okay, let's, let's bring KD back right now. But you know, deep down inside, if he's capable or if you're just being really, really careful with Kevin Durant, you know, deep down inside, if you're James Jones and Monty Williams and the training staff for the Phoenix Suns. Well, the only two quote easy games, unquote, that you have left would be Utah. In Utah, March 27th. That's next uh, Monday. And San Antonio at home on April 4th, I feel like, is a gimme. Because, again, San Antonio wants you to win that game. Like, the Suns want to win, and the Suns want San Antonio. Or the Spurs want uh, the Suns to win, too. So that's that one. But, I mean, these other games, they're, you got the Lakers in L.A. on Wednesday. The Lakers are, are playing desperate basketball, and they should be. Uh, you've got Sacramento. You've got Philadelphia. Those are your next three games coming up. The Lakers on the road, Sacramento on the road, and then Philadelphia at home. And that Philadelphia game is the second half of a back-to-back. Um, the, the the defense in the second half of the game yesterday where they gave up 67 points in the second half, not not sitting well with Monty Williams. Here he is after the game. You know, this one's on me. i got to get guys in the game. Um that can create a rhythm, especially on defense. We're, we're giving up way too many 30-point quarters consecutively, and that's on me. I have to figure out the guys who can play together defensively as opposed to relying on the starters to increase the momentum from an offensive and defensive standpoint, but getting guys who come into the game that understand what we do defensively because we can't keep complaining about the officials when you know we look at all these teams that we're playing and we're giving up 36 free throws you know we just got to be able to guard the ball without slapping down and, and be okay with that and so it's a, it's a tough loss because uh, we felt like we had control of the game Unless, of course, you're DeAndre Ayton when he is playing and you want to hack somebody. Go ahead, DA. Well, last Have time, at it, okay? The last time somebody suggested that, though, he, he, like, fouled out in the first I know. quarter. I know. Okay. <laughs> you bring up a great point. That's right. That's what happened. But he didn't five foul fouls out, but he got in foul 18. Trouble. No, yeah. five, five fouls in 18 minutes. Uh-huh. <laughs> what are you t- If you're going to foul somebody, foul everybody. There's a happy medium, DA. At some point in time, you got to fall in between, but... Yeah, you know, anytime I hear a coach say, that's on me, that's on me, I, I think of a coach that is pretty much trying to protect his players. Now, I'm sure Monty Williams um, is a guy that keeps himself accountable, holds himself to a standard he will not hold others to. That's one of the reasons why I think Monty is such a great leader is because of that. But I also think from time to time, a coach will get protective of some of his guys. And maybe, maybe that's what he's doing right there. That's on me. And that also is a coaching tactic, ladies and gentlemen, where players, players will hear that come from their head coach. And how do you think that sits with them? 
They, they, they respect him even more when he's pointing at that's on me. But any competitor will tell you right now, I'm not going to sit there and blame it on my coach for me not going out and playing defense and moving my feet. That, that, that also is a coaching tactic. What, what Monty just said, it's used to jab some guys in the ribs. You know what? That, that's on me that I didn't have our guys ready to go out and actually play defense. In our system, like we always do. I didn't get them ready to go. If you're a competitor, if you've got an ounce of competitive juice dripping down the side of your neck, you say, that's not on you, coach. I didn't do my job. Or at least it should. Well, they're going to need somebody to step up on, on Wednesday because Anthony Davis, this game last night wasn't like amazing. It was fine, but he's been playing out of his mind and... I guess I shouldn't assume DA is not playing, but it didn't sound like he would be. Uh, as far as the game yesterday, here's Devin Booker afterwards talking about SGA. Um, SGA was a beast. I mean, Booker put up 46, SGA put up 40. Now, a lot of them are free throws, but we'll get into that later on the show. But here's Booker. Yeah, he's a killer. You know, he brings it every night. Um, I, watch, I watch him play often, mostly, you know, because of him. He's a young stud in this league that gets better and better every year. So, big fan of his game. Enjoy watching him play. Uh, he's crafty, crafty, creative. And, uh, he does a lot for that team. You know, a lot of us were talking about this last week, Wolf, and I think Eddie Johnson was the one who even mentioned it during the broadcast. There are similarities between SGA now and Devin Booker earlier in his career. Yeah. Not even so much the way they play, because when SGA goes to the rack, he gets fouled, and when Booker does even now, he still doesn't. <laughs> Again, that's a side conversation. But just the being a really good, turning into a great player, and again, I'm going Booker a few years ago, in relative anonymity in the NBA because a lot of people aren't watching the, the Oklahoma City Thunder on League Pass. Everybody just kind of knows, oh yeah, SGA's putting up points, yeah, okay. That's the way it was with Booker a few years ago. So Anytime Booker's talking about SGA, I'm listening. Because even though their games aren't identical, their paths are kind of identical right now. Yeah, there's no doubt. Similar, um, I should you, say. you see it. Yeah, you do. And this guy is a burgeoning superstar right now. I, I would say we all believe Devin Booker is a superstar in this league. And uh, you, you would you would call him a superstar, correct? Uh, there are some I, people I out would. there that just call him a star. That's, again, we'll get into the officiating conversation later, but the officials seem to think of him as a player. Yes, interesting the way that is right now. There are a lot of similarities there, but this is this is a guy that I think is a superstar in the making right now. The only thing that will keep him back is himself and how he's built. And that's the great thing about Devin Booker right now. This is something I continue to talk about. Do we take Devin Booker for granted because of how he's built, his mentality, and the good guy, the solid guy that he truly is in the way he goes about his business, the competitiveness of D-Book and that smoldering Devin Booker that we all love? To me... Um, that's the only thing that can get in the way of SGA. 
Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Like this text from the 520 that says, uh, FYI, Arizona is not completely out of the NCAA tournament. Go Creighton. They have a campus in downtown Phoenix. (laughs) Are we going to claim Creighton here for the rest of this tournament? Okay, sit down. How about this? When we come back, we'll get to football and the Houston Texans making a trade that might keep DeAndre Hopkins on the Cardinals. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show here on this fine Monday morning. It is Wolf and Luke. We were going to talk football, Wolf. We're going to push that back. We have a pretty (laughs) good reason why we're going to push that back. Because joining us in studio right now is the great Al McCoy, the voice of your Phoenix Suns. Al, what's going on? Well, you know, just uh, looking forward to the playoffs, and they're just around the corner in the NBA, so uh, that's what I'm looking forward to right now. Al, I'm sure you want to talk about your time spent in Buffalo, New York, right? Well, you want to talk about that? It uh, snows <laughs> in Buffalo. That's what I remember, right? Do you remember, Al, what, what year was that again? I think you were talking to me about yeah. Yeah, well, I spent one year in the Queen City in Buffalo, and it was uh, before I came to Phoenix, of course. But, you know, the amazing thing is I still have a a number of friends that I made. I found uh, Buffalo to be a very friendly city, and uh, you talk about sports fans. Well, you're talking about Buffalo, New York, right? right? Yeah, Yeah. no. It was a fun time. Thank you, Al, for actually cutting out some time coming in here and talking to us right now. Just your overall feeling of where the Phoenix Suns are right now. Well, you know, I'm a little concerned, but I think we have to realize, Wolf, that, first of all, they do not have Kevin Durant on the floor. They do not have Mikel Bridges or Cam Johnson or Jay Crowder. So this is really a different ball club that we're watching right now. And, uh, of course, we're looking to the fact that KD is going to be coming any minute with the Suns uniform. And that's going to change what uh, this deal was all about. But right now, you know, everything seems to be in the lap of of Devin Booker. And you just can't expect this guy to come out and score 50 every night to get wins. Now, it was a disappointing loss last night. And what did he have, 46? I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. what can you ask from DB? He's such a great individual and great player. But uh, right now, Suns fans have to be anxious to get Kevin Durant on the floor. We saw in just the few games that he played what changes this makes to the Suns team. And uh, hopefully that's going to happen soon. Al McCoy is joining us. Uh, Al, you mentioned Devin Booker. Wolf's brought this up in the past, and sometimes I look at Wolf and I'm like, no, of course you're wrong, but really, (laughs) I mean, do you think we fully appreciate what Devin Booker does, and could you even really ask him to do much more at this point? I don't see how you could ask him to do anything more. He's such, you know, know, I, I overlook sometimes over the 51 years what 
players do on the floor. I like to just see what they do as individuals. Mm. And what can you ask about Devin Booker, what he gives back to the community, what he does financially to help so many people and children, and the fact that he just improves his game every single year. And with all this together, he is something special. There's no question about it. And to see the way he plays now when he realizes that he has to be the offensive attack is something special. And we're just kind of uh, waiting with bated breath to see again when Kevin Durant comes out. And then you've got KD. And then you've got Devin Booker. And then you've got DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul. And away we go. But right now, we're just holding our breath. Al, what you mentioned right there, too, about what Booker does off the court for this community, it's been that way since day one, hasn't it? I mean, even when he was a rookie, he was, he was kind of under the radar. That It wasn't for show. It was just that's the way he is. Well, you know, I, I'm going to say this, and I go back in my 51 years, and I've always been, quote, a player's guy. I've always been close to players. And, Wolf, I know how you can appreciate this. The Suns have been so fortunate. So fortunate. We have had so many outstanding individuals. I mean, great players. We can go through players, but I'm talking about as individuals. We haven't had these crybabies or these guys (laughs) that don't like this and don't want to do this and don't want to play with this guy and don't want to be here. Just never have had that. And I think that is tremendous for any sports franchise. And that's the Suns have been very, very fortunate. You know, there's so many things I want to ask you. I hope you're happy to be here for the next two hours. Um, Let me just start here, though. Do you think the timetable will change at all for KD going forward if the Suns are struggling to keep their seating? Do I think? Do do you think that maybe the timetable will change for KD in terms of bringing them back sooner um, if they struggle? Well, you know, uh, they want to hold that number four spot. Obviously, you want to have home court advantage going into the playoffs. I think I'd have to think it. I have no way of knowing because, you know, you don't get any information from teams on injuries anymore. And you may recall me when I came in the league, if a player was injured, a doctor had to send in a a written report (laughs) to the league. So it was spelled out exactly what was wrong. That changed when... our good friend Pop in San Antonio started just holding players out for no reason at all. So now that's what takes place. I have to think that we're going to see KD pretty soon. Uh, but also, uh, I don't think um, the other players are really that concerned. Although, obviously, you want to go into the playoffs uh, in a winning way. But they saw him just in those three games, what he can do and how he changes the whole of approach that teams have to defend against the Suns that I think right now uh, they're still in pretty good shape. Still in pretty good shape. Talking to the great Al McCoy, and and Al, I know you've been asked this a lot in the last few days, but... um you, you've obviously earned the right to retire. What are we supposed to do when the voice of the Phoenix Suns retires at the end of this season? Well, you know, it's kind of crazy that all this has transpired in the last few days because uh, basically I was going to retire last year. It was my 50th year, and I was being honored a lot around the country for the 50 years, and I basically had planned to retire. And then I don't think it's any secret now that uh, during the offseason, uh, the— uh, 
publicity that the Suns were receiving wasn't something that they were really excited about. Mm. And uh, I was called in and said, hey, we, we they were very frank. They're, they're, they say, we need you. We need your name. We need some positive things. Would you come back and do some select games next year? And that's when I said, okay, I will, although I had planned to retire. Wow. So that's really the reason that I came back and did select games. And and then what happened is uh, my good friend Dwayne Rankin at the Republic called me and said, hey, I'm getting so many calls. Why come Alice and doing all the games? And then his boss says, you got to do something. And so I said, well, I mean, they know that this is going to be uh, all I'm going to do. This is my retirement. I'm finished out the season. And so that's how this all really came about. Dwayne did a story then, and then, of course, a lot of people picked it up, and I had to kind of laugh because I said I was going to retire after 50 years, and so this is now 51, and uh, somebody else has to have as much fun as I've had in the last 51, <laughs> so I'll step aside, you know, whatever. Okay, Al, what are you going to do in your retirement? Do you have a, can, can you give us your plan for retirement? What does that look like? Well, I'll, I'll listen to you and Mr. Pash on the football <laughs> games. And, uh, well, you know, uh, someone has asked me that the other day, and I, I was very honest with him. I said, you know, I love the game. I love the game. And when I walk into that arena and they throw the ball up to start the game, it's still fun. It's still exciting to me. And I'm sure I'll still follow the Suns and I'll follow sports and, uh, you know, uh, be a little bit more relaxed. And uh, as as I said, it's uh, it's been a great ride. You know, coming, uh, growing up on a farm in Iowa and uh, being able to have the career that I've had is, uh, is certainly something extra special. And I have a lot of people to thank for that. Well, you know the city's going to rally around you, especially the deeper this team goes in the playoffs man. this year. So it's it's uh, it's going to be great. Al, we really appreciate you stopping by with us, man. Uh, thank you so much for the time. Well, it's always a pleasure. Uh, you know, 98.7 is on my dial. And every <laughs> Wednesday morning, I get an opportunity to uh, talk a little bit about the Suns. And uh, it's always great to be with you and, and congratulate you on the job that you do in covering the sports scene. It's a big one now. And uh, we're kind of surprised. This is probably the most active sports city in America. Yes. Yeah. It really well, is. It really is. Great to be Thank a part you. of it. Thank you, Al. Thanks, Al. Uh, when we come back, we will switch gears over to football, talk a little DeAndre Hopkins and what that trade that the Houston Texans and Dallas Cowboys just made might do to impact DeAndre Hopkins. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, I mean, that was pretty cool. That was cool. That's the a legend. legendary Al McCoy, 89 years old, and I got to tell you right now, sounds like he's 39. I know. It just sounds like he could go do another 50 years of wow. broadcasting if he wanted. It's look, I mean, we've talked to him on the phone before. I know you know him pretty well, and I've met him a couple times, but anytime he's in studio, it's like, okay, like I don't even want to talk. I just want to say like two words and let Al talk for 11 minutes. They got to win the title this year, right? He's, well, you know, yeah, of course, but what a class act, Al McCoy. That just, that just felt so good to sit there, look at him, and talk to him, and listen to him. It just felt great. Can, can you imagine if this team, because he has announced that he's retiring at the end of the season, can you imagine if this team goes on a run, which 
I mean, they are built to do. That's that's a that's a whole nother layer to it. You know, that's not just a beloved sports personality in the yeah. city. That's a guy that's been doing the job for fifty-one years. Yeah, when does it happen? When does it? When when does this team get healthy going forward? Uh, we're going to switch gears to football here, and the Brandon Cooks trade that happened over the weekend. I think a lot of people, because it made sense, believed. Dallas is one of the prime landing spots, potentially, for DeAndre Hopkins, right? It just, it just made a lot of sense. But instead, they go out and they make a trade for Brandon Cooks, and all of a sudden now, you have to look at the possibility that the Cardinals' potential trade partners for DeAndre Hopkins, as ridiculous as this sounds, are potentially kind of drying up. Yeah, it would seem that way. I think there are still some more teams that are out there right now, but this does not improve the odds of DeAndre Hopkins getting traded. Well, because you want a bidding war. That's the <laughs> yes. goal. And, and remember, you only need two. You'd love three, but you only need two for a bidding war to happen. <laughs> but Jerry, need, Jerry's the best. It only takes two to tangle. If you were having an auction and you were auctioning items off <laughs> and Jerry Jones walked in, wouldn't you be like, jackpot? Because if he wants something, he's just going to keep bidding until he it's gets it. It's kind of like those storage locker wars they talk about, right? The yes. storage locker also, and they, they cut the lock off <laughs> it, and they open up the door, and there's all this junk in there, and people are bidding on it. Yes. Oh, yeah. You can't actually walk through it, though. you got to <laughs> I love it. You it's get what great. You get. Oh, yes. And you don't throw a fit. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. Um, yeah, you want Jerry Jones involved, of course, but it's still a situation. I think there are teams out there, and can I mention four teams Go ahead. that I think would be interested in this? First of all, the New York Jets. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. The New York Jets. That name hasn't come up. I mean, they have Alan Lazard. Do you think they can make room for DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, I think they could, as a matter of fact. Uh, The New York Jets, I think, especially if Aaron Rodgers is indeed going to be a New York Jets. Do we know how Aaron Rodgers... First of all, we were going to declare today an Aaron Rodgers free zone, and we haven't done that yet. So this is the one time we're going to mention him, and it's an Aaron Rodgers free zone, okay? Just within the context of DeAndre Hopkins, so would he mean, allow like, it? In other words, we're not going to say anything. No. We're not going to make Aaron Rodgers the subject of any sentence. We don't even like have I to say did. the word Aaron because Aaron Maloney's not here today. So we could actually just not even like say half of Aaron Rodgers' name. Okay. We just Other than this context right here. I, I like this. This is a a no Rogers zone. That's, I got no. I know Aaron. I think it'll no, be one, liberating for all of us. Somebody might conflate that with Aaron. A no Rogers. But this zone. is a good day to do it because well, Aaron's not day. here, so we don't have to be okay, like. Okay, so hey, we're Aaron, not going to don't talk about no more Rogers. Okay, all but you right, mentioned the Jets. That. Well, you can talk about the Jets. You just can't oh, talk okay. about Aaron Rodgers. You just can't. You can't yeah. mention his name starting. Okay, I now. love that. That's great rule. This is a Rogers free zone. Okay. Starting now. Start. <laughs> I keep saying starting now, and you starting, keep saying it. Starting right now. Starting okay, now. Great. Okay. So okay, that's one. Okay, team, that's one team right there. The the. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. Thanks for taking the cue, by the way. 
Rick, you were a little late. That's all I'm going to say. A little late on the queue. Okay, but we'll take it. This is the Simon and Garfunkel version. This is the original. This isn't even the one you love. This isn't the one. This is the soft version. Hello, darkness, my old friend. This is what you listen to when you're going into a darkness retreat. This is what, oh, oh I see why. Right? This is it right here. But we're playing it because Aaron Rodgers no, no. deserves. No, wait, wait a minute. We Starting have to down. settle down. The quarterback deserves the soft version of this. Because <laughs> we all know the disturbed version of this is the best remake in the history of remakes. It is pretty good. Oh, pretty good. You listen to that in your car and you're like sitting at a red light and somebody looks over at you and they're like, I'm not going to mess with that guy. People will get out of your way. It is one of the best songs that I've ever actually heard. And the reason being, again, is because of the intensity, the dripping intensity of the disturbed version. I could cover a kickoff, Bazinonis. I could run into a man the size of Saturn's third moon and do it head first. Running full speed and catch him right in the face. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your nose? Sorry. <laughs> I just kind of drifted right there for a minute. So the second team you have DeAndre Hopkins getting traded to. <laughs> That's great. We're keeping that right yes, there. The Aaron Rodgers this is going to be a new bid, thanks on the Wolf and Luke show. This is a new bid right here. It is a Rodgers free zone. With I think the sound of silence. I think we could do this honestly. So we're going to do it today. It's ten fifty two. No the more original version. No more Aaron Rodgers till two o'clock today. I don't know if we can do it every day, okay. but I think we should have something where one of us can invoke it each okay. day. Like I'm sick of it, and we I just play that, that song, right. and that's it. Right for the rest of the show. Like we we have to talk about him, but we're not going to mention his name. Something. <laughs> so yeah. we start playing that music. That's it, and that just that? ends it. All right. Okay, I like that. Okay, give me so your there, second. There team. was one. We're going to get through these by it three. It was the Jets. Yeah. For the record, yeah, the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. This, okay. according to Albert Breer, as well, there are whispers out there about the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Ooh, yeah. By the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. I could see that possibly happening right there. Okay, so keep that in mind. Hopkins to the Ravens. Yes. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins. Kansas City. Yeah, that one makes the most sense right now. I what, think. You like that one. You it, think that makes the most sense. I just think if Kansas City identifies a player they want, they just go get them. They don't play around. And this is why they win Super Bowls. Now, the problem with Kansas City is what is their pick? Like the 65th in the draft or 60? It's, it's low 60s in the second round. So am I trading DeAndre Hopkins for that pick? Um, you may have to, but yeah, as far as just from the angle you're talking about, which teams make the most sense for him, I 100% would put Kansas City on the short list. Okay, so if, think about this. you got Marquez Valdez-Scandling as one of your wide receivers out here. You've got Kadarius Toney as well. Would you say there's question marks over those two guys in particular? Yes. Even though they, they have made plays and are decent players, good players, solid players, They're I would say. They're not consistent. They are not not wide receiver one. They're not. And I would also say Sky Moore as well. Those aren't wide receiver one options. No, but if you if you added DeAndre Hopkins to that team, 
and you had Hopkins and Kelsey catching passes from Patrick Mahomes, all those other names you just mentioned become that much more dangerous. And see, that is it right there. Travis Kelsey needs help, and DeAndre Hopkins would be that help in spades. And they lost Juju, so it makes sense. I mean, if honestly, if they if they got Hopkins... I mean, just go ahead and pencil him in for at least the AFC Championship again, right? Yes. Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, no disrespect to him whatsoever because he is a good wide receiver. You win with guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, but he's not DeAndre Hopkins. He's not and never will be. And that's okay because there's not a lot of wide receivers in the National Football League that are DeAndre Hopkins. That's why it's so ridiculous to me that there's conversations about the Cardinals maybe not even be able to get a second round pick for DeAndre Hopkins now. DeAndre Hopkins, when he plays, is still what? One of the five best receivers in the NFL? Like, I know he doesn't get the buzz now of like a Justin Jefferson or some of these other names, but if you're telling me you're, you're going to go play the Kansas City Chiefs in week seven, let's say, and they have DeAndre Hopkins, is. There's not very many more dangerous receivers in the NFL. No. Still. Yes. Uh, who's your fourth team before we hit So play? it's the New England Patriots. Uh, see, I had a cut on that. Here, I'll play it real okay. quick. Here's Damian Woody talking about that from uh, Get Up Today. I think the Patriots need some real juice offensively because they don't have anyone over there that really scares you, particularly on the outside. Get a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, who's obviously he's not he's he's never been a speed burner, but he's about as reliable as you can get at, at the receiver position. That's what the Patriots need, especially with, with Mac Jones coming off that down you get him somebody reliable on the outside yeah there it is right there and again juju smith schuster is a new england patriot <laughs> think <laughs> about that, that. Out. and yet it's the same thing he's he's not a wide receiver one in my opinion and because of that the New England Patriots, it's, that's the most fascinating team to me. And the reason being is because Bill Belichick, my former coach and the stickler he was, this is a guy that would not allow you to practice unless you passed a gasser test, a physical fitness test that he actually came up with and would not allow you to practice until you did that. Well, what about practice, man? What about practice in itself, Matt? Is it a situation where D-Hop would start practicing now with the New England Patriots? Can you say practice without saying man? You can. He owns the word. (laughs) We're talking about practice, man. All right. I have to go to break. I'm sorry. You can keep saying it during the break. But your your point on, on Belichick. Yeah, well, because it makes a lot of sense on paper. The Patriots need a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. But to your point, are they cool with a guy coming in that doesn't practice when the rest of the team does? And that will be hashed out before the trade. Uh, but again, for what they would have to give up, it's like nothing for a player of that caliber. I know. Is your bracket busted? Don't worry, March uh, Madness Maniacs, you still have a shot at $500. Just text Bucks to 62620. We're going to send you a link to fill out your 16 team brackets. Yeah, that's what we should be doing. That's Bucks to 62620. It's the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. We come back. ASU eliminated from the NCAA tournament on Friday night. How big of a disappointment was it? And what does it mean for Bobby Hurley now going forward? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're talking about practice, man.